This is Self Startup. Hi again, folks. Welcome to Self Startup, a podcast that highlights small business owners, the self employed, and freelancers who've taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and I'm also a dispute resolution specialist. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by following at Andy Dowling, or you can go to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly and anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. This episode is with Ronnie Lowe. Ronnie is the founder and managing director of Viridian IT. They're based in Bendigo with additional offices in Swan Hill and Seymour, which are in regional Victoria. The business started out in 2007 under the name Call Out Computers, which was a bit of an after-hours business that Ronnie had created while he was working as a computer technician for Harvey Norman. While he was working his traditional job, Ronnie found that many of the customers that were calling in to seek help with their computers didn't actually want to bring their computers into the store to be looked at. As the service didn't exist at the time, Ronnie found an opportunity to create something on the side and address a problem that customers were having. Years on, and changing the name to Viridian IT in 2012, the team provides hardware and software support for clients throughout regional Victoria, as well as clients as far away as Queensland. The progress and connectivity of technology has seen the demand for their services increase. As a result, Viridian expanded and is currently based in three locations with multiple staff working on rotating rosters to provide varying types of support for clients, and in some cases up to 24-hour, seven-day-a-week access and support. So Ronnie and I spoke about the early days of him working at Harvey Norman, as well as his continuous day-to-day approach where he'd never envisioned the business to evolve and grow to what it is today. In addition to that, we also speak about businesses now and the opportunities that they have with the continuous improvements of connectivity with some real-life examples of his clients that are actually finding success online. Now, there's a bunch of great tidbits of information for anyone out there that needs to take that step into the digital age. Trust me, guys, it's not as daunting as you may think. You can learn more about Ronnie and Viridian IT by going to viridianit.com.au, or you can head over to selfstarter.com.au to check out the show notes from this episode, links to everything that we discuss, as well as, and as always, my key takeaways from this conversation with Ronnie, which you'll hear after our chat. For now, though, please enjoy this episode with Ronnie Lowe of Viridian IT. My name is Ronnie Lowe, and I run Viridian IT. We are a managed services provider, which what that entails on a day-to-day basis is um, we would uh, audit our clients and take stock of what they have in terms of equipment, uh, routers, switches, servers, PCs, each item has a, an associated dollar value and that then becomes their, their monthly fee. We then manage their entire infrastructure from user support and, and patch management and updates all the way through to server deployments, um, troubleshooting, uh, large-scale migrations. We, we do everything for that fixed fee monthly cost um, is the nutshell of what we do on a day-to-day basis. It's um, for somebody that doesn't work in uh, that type of industry from the outside looking in you go oh geez that sounds like it's a hell of a lot and quite a complex line of work that uh, that that you do in the business that you run um, but um, it's it's something that's and I'm sure we'll get to it in a moment but I'm sure it's something that many businesses uh, you know you have to you have to consider a lot of this stuff now uh, you do absolutely like I IT from a business perspective is is so deeply ingrained now that you you can't run a business without it. Like if you're doing your book, you're using 
uh, reckon on your PC or you're using Xero online in a cloud-based format, um, your website through to your yellow pages advertising your uh, ERP or your, your customer management software, everything is IT based. And only a very small number of companies uh, would would employ dedicated IT staff. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately for us, I, I suppose, the you, you need that level of IT support from when you first start out, but you can't necessarily shell out, you know, $30,000 on a new server, but you still need that level of advice and that's that's how we've come to be you get the benefits of we've got multiple you know level one one two technicians we've got a few level three technicians we've got level four system architects so for that monthly fee you have access to a whole uh, a whole team of, of staff with you know decades worth of experience where normally you would be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to have that level of support on hand but because we base it on how much equipment you have and the client's individual needs, they get all of those resources so they can just go, you know what, this is my monthly fee of a couple hundred dollars a month or whatever it is, depending on their size, and I get all of that and I know it's just going to work for me so I can focus on running my business, whether it's a hair salon or a news agent or an electrician or a transport company, it doesn't matter. It, it translates across all verticals. It's something that, I mean, I... I like to think sometimes that I, I know a little bit about uh, you know the, the IT world, and then I come across something, and uh, I feel like pulling my hair out, and I and I see red, and I realise how limited my knowledge is, and how overwhelming it all can be. So I, I definitely can appreciate what you provide because so many people, it's hard enough just running a business in general and their day to day operation, and then on top of it having to you know they feel that they have to have another level of or layer of knowledge to be able to run all this back end as well. And so from what you just explained, you're removing the headache from a lot of businesses and just taking on that, you know, you guys are ex experts in this, you've got the the knowledge and, and, uh, and background in it. So you can with confidence take on a lot of this headache that um, a lot of businesses would no doubt have. Absolutely. That's, that's what we do. Like our slogan is, is making IT work for you, which reads as making it work for you when you, when you see it written down on our website or whatever. And that is our, that is our ultimate goal. It's just giving our customers like one less thing to worry about. Because as you, as you said a moment ago, when you start a business, you have to very quickly become a, a jack of all trades and a master of most of them just to, to get through the day to day, because there are so many things that, that need to happen to, to start a business and to, and to run a business, and if we can alleviate some of that pressure, so that they, you know, the the owners of the business and our clients that are just starting out, they can say, you know what, this is one thing that I don't have to worry about. I know I can turn my laptop on at home or in the airport when I'm going somewhere or wherever I happen to be, and everything that I need is going to be there and it works. And we all know that not everything works all of the time. Um, but they and so they know that you know there is a phone number that I can ring or an email address that I can send to, and someone is going to get back to me. And no matter what the problem is, it, it might feel like the end of the world to me, but they're just going to take it on and deal with it, and that it'll all get sorted out quite quickly. So. Going going back a few years, and I know that the business has changed names um, a few years ago, but um, I believe the business first started under a different name around. Correct me if I'm wrong. About two thousand and seven. Yeah, that's that's correct. So at the start of two, uh, January 2007, so we've been going uh, 11 years now, um, I was actually a computer technician at a Harvey Norman store. And uh, one of the things that we found is, you know, customers would ring up and say, oh, 
computer's doing X, Y, Z, but I don't want to bring it into you. And it sort of was born out of, of that need um, of people not wanting to bring their computers in like just residential and home-based customers. Hmm. So we started Call Out Computers back in 2007 and it, uh, it started off as really just you know, putting up flyers in the in the supermarket and doing a letterbox drop in just some residential areas uh, and very quickly became, you know, uh, weekends and after hours and and I ended up in uh, quitting my job after I think maybe three months before I pulled the pin um, and just jumped into it feet first. I never started it with the idea of, of starting a business. I think we were probably probably two to three years in when we when we hired staff and opened our second office before it was psychologically in my own head. At that point, it was me just, you know, this is what I do to fill in my time and it keeps my bills paid, but it was never started as a business with this long-term goal. It, I think I woke up one morning, as I said, about two years in and went, I've got staff to pay now and we're opening a second <laughs> office 200 kilometres away. This is not just me fiddling in the shed anymore this is now a, a real thing that that will that will go on even if i was to to not so uh was yeah that it, was a, a was pretty exciting? scary moment yeah i was gonna say it was, uh, exciting, it was, it was daunting. Ex- oh i it was exciting um it was it was definitely daunting because when it was just me like i was 18 when i started the business mm. so uh, i didn't have any overheads or, or any debt or anything like that. But once I made the jump of hiring staff, um, I'm, you know, someone now relies on me to, to pay their wage every week because they've got, you know, their mortgage and, and their bills and their own thing to worry about. And uh, I think the the biggest thing that, that scared me was that quality control of when it was just me, I knew every job could be done how I wanted it done. Um, and hiring staff, you you can put policies and procedures and all that thing in place, but you do lose a large amount of that control and that autonomy and you have to rely on someone else. So in early days when you're, when you're just starting out, your first num your first staff are always very, very key as to, as to the growth of your business, because the minute you hire them, they're doing 50% of the work potentially. Um, and you, and you need the right people to make sure that, you don't lose 50% of your work by them doing the wrong thing or, or whatever it may be. So it's, um, it's quite interesting. Cause I mean, even just that sort of that progression of identifying that there's, there's a need for, for something else while you're working at Harvey Norman, taking that step and, and starting to do something on the side and, and even for the first few years, I mean, even, you know, quitting, quitting your job and doing it full time, but just as a self-employed sort of aspect where you're sort of just doing your own thing, but not thinking that it was going to become this big, you know, bigger business with people under your, under your belt. And it's just, it's interesting to see, I think some people get overwhelmed when they think about, you know, the long term and where they want to go and not understanding how to get there. And for you, it was almost like in a, in an opposite sort of way where you've sort of gone, well, this is what I'm going to do now. And this is what I'm doing. And then when, something happens or an opportunity comes up or something is revealed or something becomes more clear or there's some clarity, then mm. you, you act upon those feelings or that, that knowledge that you have at the time. So it's sort of just been Abs- this, this natural progression for you. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I look back now over the last 11 years and to anyone who says to me now, oh, what do you do? And, and I explain it to them and, you know, explain the story of how we got here. They go, oh, you, you know exactly what you're doing. 
no, I don't. Um, <laughs> everything that I have done for the last 11 years, I have I have treated my, my life and the business as a game of poker. I can only play the game with the cards I have in front of me. Mm. I can't play for five years down the track or five hands further in the game because I don't know what the world's going to throw at me between now and then. So we, we just look at each situation and each opportunity and each challenge as it comes up and we and we handle it and we manage it and we and we do the best we can with what we can at the time and uh, so far that's worked out reasonably well like don't get me wrong we do have plans for the future on where we want to go but we don't have a this is what we're going to do in now in the next 3 months and this is what we're going to achieve in the next 6 months because we could get any number of curveballs thrown our way between then and now but we um we've, we've got a I suppose a, a rough idea of what we what we want to get to, and we know what we need to do to get there. But we try not to put fixed timelines on things and, and all that sort of stuff because in in IT, it's um, everything changes at a moment's notice. Well, I was going to say it's it's a it's a unique industry in the sense that you know technology changes <laughs> by the day. Um, there's always something new that comes along, and and I mean a lot of I guess what you're doing and what you're providing is dictated on a number of different uh, platforms and companies and organisations that, that prov provide hardware and software, and so who knows what sort of, um, you know, and you used the, used the term before, curveballs come come along that you sort of have to adjust. And, and if you've got long-term plans that are very fixed, then uh, then it can throw you out of whack really quickly. But um, no doubt having that sort of perspective on it and just sort of dealing with what's in front of you um, would give you, I'm, I'm just assuming it would give you some sense of relief along the way that you, you, you're only as good as what you're doing today and you don't have to stress about the potentials down the track or you know, this, this hard vision that you've got that you can't negotiate on. It's just like, let's just deal with today and, and, and this week and, and just keep moving forward. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Like one of the, one of the biggest shakeups in, in Australia specifically over the last couple of years, um, let's rewind five years ago, uh, cloud-based applications and data storage and all that was becoming, you know, the next big thing but it was out of reach for most small business because getting a fast enough internet connection mm. to support those type of services was, was out of reach for most people. You're talking, you know, one to $10,000 a month in a type of connection. And then all of a sudden the federal government announces the NBN and Hey, cloud-based is now a real possibility for businesses on a $50 a month internet connection. The, the NBN is, has opened up, and I know this is the government's way of looking at it, but it really has opened up the world and what small business can do by just giving something as, and I say basic with, with, with a sort of a bit tongue in cheek, but by just something as basic as high speed internet. Um, and say six or seven years ago, we could have never planned to have the, the growth that cloud computing has had in Australia because it, it just wasn't feasible at that at that time, um, as it was in other parts of the world. And there are a lot of companies in like IT companies who put large amounts of money into their, their own infrastructure and building their own platforms to service their clients and things like that. And their platforms still work, but they were hundreds of thousands of dollars to build. And now you can get the same thing for, you know, $50 a month per user cloud-based <laughs> job done, problem solved. Um, Changing the market, isn't it? Oh, it is very much so. Um, 
you know, Office 365 as the example, you know, you can get now an enterprise grade email and calendar and contact solution um, on your phone, iPad, uh, you know, any other tablet, laptop, desktop computer at home or at work. Um, everything is synced. You can respond to your clients at, you know, 10 o'clock at night um, and see the response in your sent box when you get to the office the next morning for $21 a month, I think, or something like that. Whereas uh, before Office 365 came out and before it was readily available, to get that all, that level of software, you were up for a server, you know, a Microsoft Exchange license, the, the PC to run it on. The licensing alone is, is thousands and thousands of dollars up front. You didn't get change out of, you know, 10 grand to mm. build that. And then you needed the internet connection to host it so that you could actually access it on your phone from wherever you happen to be. Incredible. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's that as much as it has changed over the last five years, we haven't seen the end of it. The, the, the whole cloud computing thing is only just beginning and it will, the, the applications that people are building you know, for a cloud-based environment to make it affordable for small businesses, um, that's just going to grow exponentially over the next three to five years. I've definitely seen a lot of a, a lot of change with a lot of businesses, and this podcast specifically is focused, for the most part, on uh, business owners that are in regional parts of the country, and mm. it's sort of to break a lot of stigmas about you know the lack of opportunities in in sort of non-metro areas and people having to travel or relocate to get you know particular opportunities, and so the whole basis of self starters having a bit of a self-starting attitude and, and being taking your initiative and being innovative and creating something with, with your own hands, with your own knowledge. And it can be as simple or as complex as, as you choose. But, um, you know, the things that you're explaining and the changes over the last several years, and I know that, and you'll have to tell me where the other location is because you're based in Bendigo, but there's another location that you've opened up a couple hundred kilometers away. Yeah, so when we started out um, 11 years ago, as call-out computer technicians, we, we so as you said, we're based in Bendigo. Um, I grew up in a in a small town uh, on the new, well, not far from the New South Wales Victorian border, um, and there was not really any IT support uh, there. So, or well, at, at the time when I grew up there, there wasn't any, and I thought, oh, we'll we'll just we'll just open an office in Swanhill, you know, how hard could it be? We'll just, we'll, we'll go there, I'll stay there for a month and we'll rent an office and hire a staff member. And, you know, that I was 20 and probably a little bit naive at the time as to how much was actually involved. Um, but it all went, went okay. Like we'd, we'd hired our, our first staff member here in Bendigo. So he ran Bendigo while I went up to Swan Hill and we, we opened the office up there and that office is, is still going today. Um, and we've actually got another office now in in Seymour, but that was uh, that came about through an acquisition. We bought out another company uh, four it'd be four years ago last month, I would suggest. So what's that? Uh, Mid twenty fourteen, and we've now got a Seymour office too. So. so you would have seen a lot. Just talking about before as well, with you know the changes in in technical opportunity for people with connectivity and, and, and how much easier and affordable it is to, to connect and to use a lot of these, these platforms and this software. I mean, you would have, I'm just having a guess, but you would have seen a lot of businesses in these regional centers that would probably normally just be focused on whoever is walking past the front of their shop on the street or whoever's mm. in their local community through word of mouth and the old school way of doing business and now sort of seeing the possibilities of what 
what could be done if they're taking on a lot more of this um, this innovation that's that's being that's at everyone's fingertips now. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, I'll use one of our clients as, as an example. Um, they uh, they publish uh, reading diaries. So kids at, at school, that it's a, I don't know, it's a hundred pages, and it's uh, I think it's uh, a page a, a week. So one week is spread across two pages, and they sell them to schools. Now, when these guys first started out, and we've only we've joined them part way through their journey already, but they were they were two ex school teachers, and they were just selling their their reading diaries to help getting kids interested in reading. It's got sticker awards and all that sort of fun stuff um, to just the local schools around around the towns where the the two of them lived. Um, in the last three years, they've now got an office in New Zealand. They've got one in England, and they've got one in the US. Hmm. Um, and these books that they that they sell worldwide are published here in in Bendigo. Uh, just I think it was last week or the week before, and they've now had an app built for iOS and Android, um, so that it uh, works on a subscription based service. So kids all over the world who may not have access to to purchase these books in their own countries can now use their app for reading tracking. And, you know, when they read for five nights in a row, it unlocks like little mini games in the app and, and things like that. Um, just them uh, using them as the, as the case study, they started off as two guys just selling books in a, a regional town and they now still work from the same shed that they worked at for the last 10 years and they sell their books and their app subscription service all over the world. I think the the app is available everywhere. We like where there's the Google Play Store or the or the Apple App Store. Um, they've had app purchases from I think 15 or 20 different countries so far, and it's only been out two weeks. It's it's just huge what they're building. Um, it's um yeah. it's one thing that, and I'm trying to I guess um, there's a bit of a passion behind a lot of this stuff because I I can see what the potentials are for a lot of businesses, and it's hard for people that probably have always grown up in, or you know, you're a product of your own environment. And so you only mm. know the opportunities that have always been drilled into you over time or the lack of opportunities. And so it's great to see that there's people that, you know, initially were just looking in their local area and the opportunities were as limited as, you know, as far as they wished to travel. And, and so for a lot of people that either just, you know, deal with that and, and work their lifestyle around whatever the limitations or whatever was at their fingertips, or they would have to pack up and relocate to an area that they thought would be in theory, more opportunities for them. So in you mm. know, Victoria moving to Melbourne, but um, to see, to see an example like that, and, and I'm starting to see a lot of them where people are understanding that you can live, you know, and bearing in mind, and we'll, we'll put a big disclaimer on this, as long as you've got, you know, a solid internet connection, an appropriate internet connection, you can pretty much live anywhere and you can run a business and you can find a way to, you know, as as raw as it sounds or as dirty as it sounds, you can make money, but you can create yeah. something yourself um, and and live wherever you wish. So there's a lot of people that would love to live in regional areas where it's a little bit quieter and some better lifestyle uh, choices, uh, but, you know, a bit fearful of, of doing that because there's a perception of a lack of opportunity, but with, you know, from a technical a uh, technical point of view, techn technology point of view, um, it certainly opens the doors for, for just so many more opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Like using your, your regional base, you know, the, the whole tree change thing is an example. People wanting to live in the in the country or a rural or regional area or whatever, but still want to run a business. 
Um, you can run your entire business now from from a phone. It's probably inconvenient to run it from a phone, granted, in terms of screen size, but you but you could, or you know, from your tablet or your laptop, because you would use you know, uh, zero for your accounting software. So even if your laptop, you know, you you go on holidays and you drop it, or you know, you're out on your farm because you're living in a rural area and it, it falls off the seat of your your car or something as you as you stop and lands in a puddle, um, that's inconvenient. You just sort out another laptop or even go inside and use the, the home computer or whatever all your data is still there you haven't lost you haven't lost any of your critical information you haven't lost any of your customer details you just sign in again with your username and password and and away you go while you wait three months for the insurance claim on your laptop to come through <laughs> it's uh the, the simplicity of it's amazing but it's it's the education which is a big thing and um i guess leading into the next thing i was thinking about you know, where you are now and, and, you know, only having like a glimpse into, into, I guess, the lifespan of this business over the last 11 years. And there seems to be a lot of progression, but what are some of the current challenges now? Is there still a big challenge or a hurdle around education and awareness with trying to, to get people on board or just to try and dispel some of the myths of, of the complexity around a lot of this stuff? Because no doubt, especially in regional areas, and, I'm, and I might be stereotyping here, so I'm, I'm unfairly stereotyping, but um, sometimes there there's just a lack of awareness because it's not readily available. So people will turn off to it because it just seems like it's too hard basket. A lot of the time, yeah. So one of the one of the challenges that we face because we are a regional based company, um, when we're trying to get you know much much larger scale work, for example, um, it's very difficult to get a look in. So you you might have a more traditional client like um, I'll pick on an accountant, say an accounting firm that might be based in Melbourne, but they want an IT company that's 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 local and nearby they might not have someone come on site into their business for three months because mm. everything is done remote. We we have clients, um, our furthest client from where we are would be uh, probably Brisbane off the top of my head, I would suggest. So Brisbane to um, Bendigo is two states away, but we it's, it's not difficult to, to manage them. So the, the biggest challenge is just getting people out of that mindset of I'm in Melbourne, my IT support has to be in Melbourne, or I'm in Sydney, my IT support has to be in Sydney. Um, that's that's not the case. And a lot of the time, if you are prepared to look outside your geographical area, you can find uh, a, a better suited um, service provider for whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, again, not to, not to generalise, but if you're... If you're a Melbourne-based accounting firm and you're only looking at a Melbourne IT company that might be really rigid and fixed in their ways because they have to be because of their sheer size, um, oh, we need eight till six support because we have some staff that work eight till four and some staff that work ten till six, and the IT company just says we're nine to five. Too bad. Mm. That's not that's not really a good fit. Um, so trying to, to educate people of we can do 10 till 6. We, we have some of our clients that are actually on 24-7 support um, and we manage that from here in Bendigo and we have staff available across 20, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Public holidays don't apply. We, um, <laughs> we, we manage it all. And, uh, yeah, getting just, just retraining them that the best and brightest is not always in the CBD um, or, or in the capital city, sorry. 
is a is a really really big challenge, and that that's one that I I don't have an answer how to fix because that's something we struggle with day in day out when we're going for for, for new contracts and new work. I'm not a salesperson. From a from a sales perspective, I'm probably the business's worst enemy mm-hmm. um, because I I'm I'm a computer technician. I am have always been a technician, and I all I, well I won't say I'll always be a technician, but I still love even now 11 years in. I love the day to day technical work. I love the challenge of uh, a, a quirky problem that just just needs to be to be nutted out and and fixed. And I, one of the ways that we have you know those customers who need that ten to six uh, sorry uh, eight till six support as an example. Um, oh, you know we're eight till six. Are you sure you're going to be hand, be able to handle those hours? That's okay. We're twenty four seven, and it's like that shock and awe approach. And they look at you and they say, really, how do you manage that? And we we do. We just have multiple staff and we work on you know rotating rosters and all that type of stuff. There is always someone on the end of the phone. You your business might only be you know. Uh, eight till six that's your your opening hours or your office hours but you know business owner to business owner you know as well as i do you don't work eight till six Mm. you'll be up at three in the morning writing a proposal or finishing uh some reports for another client or whatever it may be and you need to email these reports so that your client has them at eight o'clock tomorrow morning when they come to work and all of a sudden your email won't send Mm. what do you do then do you wait until nine o'clock when your reports are then an hour late for your client or do you pick up the phone and ring our support number and say, hey, this is urgent. Can you look at it? Um, we've had we've had situations where we've been called into clients with server outages on Christmas Day, um, <laughs> which ended up being unplugged PowerPoints and just, just trivial stuff like that. <laughs> but the, because the cleaners come in to do a clean while the office was empty and they thought, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll vacuum this room. Yeah, it's a server room. Don't unplug that. Um, and we've, uh, you know, we just, oh, well. This is what we do, and off we go, and we fix the problem. This is really interesting because, I mean, I, I want to highlight you and your business and the journey that you've had, and I think I'll put a lot of a lot of information in the show notes for people to to get a little bit more out of out of this. But um, I think the other thing that's really cool about this is that um, it's, and I didn't really think about it until we really started talking, but it's uncovered another thing that I think a lot of other people will get value out of is that the actual service that you provide. And a lot of people out there are running their own business or are getting ready to do it. And there's a lot of stuff that becomes overwhelming and we've spoken about it already, but this is one aspect that a lot of businesses have got to consider and they've got to attack it at some point in time. And this is a potential solution for them that's going to alleviate a lot of heartache and a lot of stress um, and make people's lives a lot, you know, it's a lot easier to... To, to lead with um, knowing that this aspect, which can be, as we said before, per- perceived complexity can be uh, can be handled by some someone who has the expertise and confidence. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think the biggest thing with with starting your own business is, and well, it depends what business you're going into. But if you're going into a service based business, what what's the worst that can happen? Like you. You know, you try it for, for three months, for six months or a year, and it hasn't worked. Um, you're not going to do nothing for that year. Like, you will do some work along the way. So even if it's not financially a success, um, your service-based businesses, you, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to set up a shop front 
with you know a hundred thousand dollars worth of stock on hand i i don't envy anyone who wants to start a retail business like that would be a, a huge stress of you know build it and they will come you know well, what if they don't and i've then got a hundred thousand dollars worth of stock sitting here yes, yeah. that i now need to move um which again going back to the it example it can help with all that like anyone who is in retail these days i firmly believe should have an online store um and and web like a really really high end polished websites uh, accessible to the ma- masses these days by services such as Squarespace and Wix and and things like that. You can pay a couple hundred dollars and you get you know huge website templates available that are all point and click. Um, I know like everyone is saying retail is retail is on the decline because of online shopping and that is true. But what's preventing you from being a part of that online shopping thing? For, for $300, you can build a website with it just devoting a little bit of time to it or engaging someone like us to sit down and, and build this website for you. Um, and your your retail business is then not suffering because of the decline of on to- online. Your business is then growing because of the advent of online shopping because you're now not just restricted to, to selling your, your product, whatever it is in your your Bendigo store or, or wherever you happen to be, you can sell your products anywhere in the world, anywhere, literally anywhere in the world. Just someone has to jump on and buy it. Why would you not invest in a website for that, that sort of exposure? Uh, that, uh, 100% correct. And I think now it's getting to a point where when we've had all these transitions over the last decade, 15 years, 20 years uh, with connectivity and you know the ease or the, the, the continuous ease of people being able to have transactions online. You've had mm. the bricks and mortar store, the traditional bricks and mortar store going through that transition of, of going online or having an online uh, element. But now a lot of people that are getting started and want to sell will start with e-commerce. They'll start with an online platform first. And, and a lot of people have got the romantic vision of still having the bricks and mortar store and you can definitely do it. But, um, yeah, I think I think you've got to do it the other way now, and you build your online presence, you build that income, you build where you build where the traffic's going to be, and then you can be far more strategic and focused about what you want to create that's actually sort of tangible out there in the marketplace. And it could be something that's like a flagship little store somewhere, and it's already branded, and you've got the audience and the community online who actually want to come and visit you after that. So it's you're sort of just flipping flipping everything around the other way now, and so. It's um, it's it's never been easier. Um, there's there's a lot of pros and cons with all the changes, like anything. But um, I think it's never been easier for people to to give it a go and to see what comes of it. And obviously, it's a lot of hard work. But um, I think um, I think the the opportunities are there for far more people than it than it's ever been in the past. I I 100% agree. Like um, the the bricks and mortar store. Like there, there is still a, a place for a bricks and mortar store. Don't get me wrong. And I, I think you you summed it up quite succinctly. Of you build your presence online, and then your bricks and mortar store becomes the destination. And with the with the online store, you you don't need to have an office. You don't need to have a, a physical store. Like you can run it from your garage, which you probably or potentially already have. So your only outlay is a little bit of cost in uh, the website and the time to actually put your products and your content in there. And I think most people who are, you know, currently working in a, in a job of some description that they're, they're not liking or they, they just want to change to, to, you know, be your own boss and, and start their own business. 
I think if you said to them, you know, it's going to be long hours, most of them would say, oh, well, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained, let's jump in. Um, the, the idea of the uh, 40-hour work week, when, you know, I won't lie to you or any of your listeners, the 40-hour work week when you're self-employed is, is not really a thing. Um, I have no doubt some business owners get there eventually. I'm not there yet at 11 years, but uh, one day we, we hope to be. But I, I find um, the best thing about being self-employed is it's, it's not it's not the hours, but it's the flexibility of the hours. Like if you need to to take a day to you know go and go and watch you know your, your one of your kids' athletics carnivals at school or something like that. Hopefully you can do that. Um, you can't do that sort of stuff generally in your your normal employed life. And I think for me the the best thing about being self-employed is just the flexibility. Um, yeah, nothing nothing beats it. It's, yeah, it's it's the understanding that the power's in your hands, and mm. you can you can create the schedule and and you 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 take on the consequences of whatever those actions are. And so sometimes, like anything, it's trial and error. Sometimes you make a good a good decision, sometimes you don't. And but it's on you, and and the responsibility is there. And it's quite satisfying to know that you know the the output's only going to be as good as what you put into it and mm. you know you don't always get that same kind of experience or that same level of satisfaction if you are employed in a traditional in a traditional way so um yeah it's um that's it's definitely a big incentive and i think people once they understand that yes okay the the 40 hour week might not exist and you might find yourself working all sorts of hours uh you know all through the week and not a lot of breaks or not a lot of uh regular consistent breaks at the same times um, but you find out that um, it's actually, you know, you don't notice it as much, I don't think, because you're directly investing in yourself consistently. And so it becomes something that you actually enjoy and you get satisfaction out of. So it doesn't, like, it will be work, no doubt, but it's it doesn't feel like work in what we've stereotypically looked at for the last however many decades, the last hundred odd years. So it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's not, a, not at all. Um, it... I, you know, I, I don't know how many hours a week I work. In all honesty, I couldn't tell you. It's more than 40. I know that. But despite the hours that I work, I don't actually work a day in my life. I love what I do. Um, I haven't, in 11 years, I haven't gotten up and said, oh, I don't want to go to work today. There are days where I have said, it's cold. I don't want to get out of bed this morning. But <laughs> there's, there's never been a day where I've gone, you know, I just, I don't want to go to work today. Um it doesn't matter what it is. Like if you're if you're passionate about it, um, and you're prepared to to have a go, nothing will stop you. Um, you'll just you'll keep going, and you'll there'll be challenges, and there'll be. But for every challenge, there's there's a win there somewhere as well, and you just you keep going, and you just keep smiling, and you and you do what you love, and the rest all falls into place. Well. I think we leave it on a high note right there because uh, I think that's perfect <laughs> and it'll it'll keep people inspired and keep them going and, and there's lots of great things to get out of this and and um, I, I must just say congratulations on what you what you've achieved so far it's just incredible and um, it's it's cool to see you identify something you know working in a in a traditional job and seeing that there's an opportunity and just testing the waters and just seeing where it takes you and and over time bringing you to where you are now and no doubt there's a there's a lot to come as as well so um, very exciting and, and very very cool to to listen to your story as well thank you very much Andy. thank you for the invite
Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Ronnie of Viridian IT. If you want to learn more, you can go to viridianit.com.au or, as always, head over to selfstarter.com.au to check out the show notes and everything that we discuss will be in the show notes over there as well as, which I'll get to right now, my key takeaways. So here are my key takeaways. And as always, if I've missed something or you got something different out of this episode, which I haven't highlighted, please contact me via any of the social media channels, via the contact page over at selfstarter.com.au or even in the show notes of this episode over at selfstarter.com.au. Here we go. Number one, identifying a problem to provide a solution. Many businesses are experiencing friction as they evolve into the digital age. It can be an overwhelming experience. Ronnie saw that there were many people having these problems and found that he could provide them with the solution. So what problems are you observing from other people and business owners' experiences that you could potentially help with? Number two, one step at a time. As Ronnie says, I can only play the game with the cards in front of me. Ronnie focuses on the tasks at hand and takes everything day by day. While there might be some long-term hopes of where he may like the business to go, Ronnie's progression has been a natural one that has come from his incremental daily decisions. Especially working in the IT world where there's a rapid progress of technology, it also means that Ronnie needs to be flexible and always attentive to change as well as new opportunities. Number three, run your business from your phone. While it might not always be practical, depending on the business that you operate, the rise of technology and the ease of access allows many of us to manage our businesses from the convenience of our smartphone. Whether it be apps, cloud-based software, or just the instant connectivity with our customers allows us to conduct business regardless of our location. Speaking of location, number four, breaking the stigma of location. So years gone by, businesses would only be looking within their own geographical area for service providers and partners. But Ronnie's got customers up to a couple thousand kilometers away, and he's consistently challenging the stigmas around location by demonstrating what the possibilities of remote service providing may be, as well as unique value adds. It's an ongoing challenge for Ronnie and his team, but he has some success along the way. If you're in a regional location, how do you find and attract clients who live maybe on the other side of the country or even on the other side of the world? How do you compete with those who might be more local to your prospective clients than you are? And that's it. Those are my key takeaways from this chat with Ronnie Lowe of Viridian IT. As always, if there's something different you got from this episode and I didn't cover it, please, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me via the website or via any of the social media platforms or leave a comment in the show notes of this episode as well. As always, thank you so much to everyone that continues to support this podcast, reads the blogs, shares the content around. It means a hell of a lot to me, and it's great to see people using Self-Starter to help them pursue their own self-employment journey. Until next episode, guys, take care, take one step at a time, keep learning, and I'll have another episode for you all soon. Ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.